Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. Well, give two people a high five. Tell them they look good in church. And you can be seated. Let me do a quick poll real quick. We need to add a third service before we build our next building. So I'm going to ask, uh, we're considering doing one at 1 o'clock or one at like 5 o'clock on Sunday. So just a show of hands, would you prefer to come to church at 1 o'clock or 5 o'clock? Let me see all the 1 o'clocks. <laughs> who, who would like to come to church at 5 o'clock in the evening? Praise the Lord. You see that, Matt? Okay. What, what, where, where did you vote? Where did your beard vote? <laughs> How is Brexley? Brexley is now three weeks old, 21 days. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. Pastor Matt and Tiffany have a beautiful baby girl. Three beautiful girls, but one new one, praise the Lord. And their older sister, her older sisters are doing wonderful too. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to talk this morning, not too long, but I do want to talk about how to live in the peace of God. We really need the peace of God. Not a joke, not a game, not a gimmick, not a side item, not an idea. We need the real peace of God. Somebody say, peace of God. We have to have it. You know, you were not born in the wrong generation. I've heard people say that. You know, I was just born in the wrong generation. All this technology, all this. Listen, you wouldn't have made it on the Conestoga wagon, okay? You wouldn't have (laughs) You, you wouldn't have made it on the mule. You wouldn't have made it on the horse. You know, you needed to be born now where we had, you know, heat and air conditioning. Praise the Lord. Indoor plumbing. Praise God. You don't want to live back then. You were born in the right time. I don't understand all this technology. That's because you hadn't looked at it, Buford. Come on, figure it out. You're born in the right time. How do I know? Because I know that he formed you. In your mother's womb. And before that, the Bible says he knew you. You were positioned for right now. Somebody say right now. That's how you know the peace of God is available for you right now. Because you're not an accident, nor are you a mistake. You're not, you're not, you're not born at the wrong time. You're born, you were born at the right time. So we need the peace of God in our life. And I want to talk about it for a lot of reasons. One of them would be stress, another would be anxiety, Uh, lastly would be fear. These are all things that are warring against the peace of God in your life. So for each one of us, it's imperative that we begin to access the peace of God because if you're not at peace, it's hard for you to bring peace to somebody else. And your peace is not contingent on what you go through. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my peace I, live, I leave with you, and not the kind of peace that the world gives. 
He said, if I give it, I won't take it away. His peace, the Bible says, passes your understanding. Who in here watches the Olympics when it comes on TV at all? Y'all watch curling, don't you? The little ice blocks. That's all y'all watch. Y'all just watch the curling. And <laughs> you, got, you, got the, you got the Canadian team. Left, left, right, right. You got all the other teams. Ha, he, ha, he, ha, he. We don't know what they're saying, but they're sweeping that ice rink. Praise the Lord. But on the, on the podium after it's over, there'll be a winner and there'll be a second and third place. What Jesus is saying is peace can be first place in your life. In other words, everything else is subordinate to the peace of God. You don't have to live where I'm at peace today if everything good happens in my life. Or I'm not at peace today if something bad happens in my life. No, the peace that Jesus offers is peace that will pass all of your understanding. As a person thinks in their heart, so is the When you have peace in your heart, in other words, you stop letting the stress of life get on the inside when it was never designed to live inside you. Think of a big ocean liner goes across the ocean and brings us produce and cars and all kind of goods come across the ocean. And the reason that that boat floats is because the pressure of the sea is pushing it forward. But as soon as the pressure, what creates the pressure, the water, gets on the inside, now it begins to sink. You can't let what's going on on the outside get on the inside because what belongs on the inside is the peace that surpasses all of your understanding and the pressure of life. You're just supposed to float across the top of it like Noah did with his big ark. Does this make sense? So we have to have peace. Somebody say peace. Peace. One of the things and the reasons that I'm bringing up today is because there are seasons in life. Everybody say seasons. In, an, in the next few weeks, every Christian radio station is going to start playing Christmas music. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, I haven't even started my shopping yet. Nobody has. Just that overachieving friend of yours that started in July. Last year's Black Friday, they were like, this is for Christmas 2018. (laughs) I'm like, that won't even be in style next year. I'll just keep it till it's back in style. (laughs) The season is coming. As soon as the holiday season is over, you're going to start seeing people walk around in sparkly top hats and sunglasses that say 2019, and everybody's going to be singing Auld Lang Syne talking about the new year. It's be a season of new beginnings, new year. Another week or two, everybody will start wearing red and pink and all the grocery stores will have one or two aisles that convert to boxes of chocolates and heart shapes. And every one of us is going to go spend more, way more than we should on some chocolate and give it to the person we love. Then all of a sudden, that same aisle at the grocery store is going to start having grass grow in. It's going to look real funny. Plastic grass, a bunch of eggs, some Cadbury cream eggs. 
Somebody, it's like 50-50 in here, okay? I say Cadbury, same thing happened first service. Somebody, I say Cadbury cream egg, and everybody's like, what? <laughs> and then you have other people going, mmm, Cadbury cream egg. Let's just keep the polls going. Who likes Cadbury cream eggs? Who thinks it's gross? She said, they don't know. <laughs> season and New Heights will have a candlelight service probably two or three on Christmas Eve right here make plans to be with us we'll bless your family when your family comes in come and spend Christmas Eve in the house of God and see what it'll do to your life Amen. but we're not having a sunrise service on Christmas morning Because it's not the season for it. But there'll be a lot of churches, and we might even do it, have an Easter sunrise service, because it's the season for it. You see what I'm saying? So there's seasons in everything. So for us, we as a church, we try to capitalize on the season because souls are on the line. So it's a season. Everybody say season. season. So we're in the Halloween season, okay? That's why I want to talk about the peace of God today. Because the Halloween season is very interesting. And let me just, I'll give you a little bit of history and also just want to let you know there's, there's going to be some teaching this morning, okay? The Halloween, generally speaking, most historians believe that it got its roots or its foundation or its origin in Celtic or Gaelic, like Irish, Scottish, English, pagan holidays uh, where years and years ago, They would make masks and cut up, not necessarily pumpkins, but gourds, and they would cut them into faces and put a a candle or uh, put a candle in there, and they would use those to try to ward off evil spirits. It did not come from Jehovah God. Jehovah God is our God, by the way. Uh, He's the one whose son is named Jesus, who died on a cross, rose from the grave, and set you and I free. So the origin of Halloween is not from our God. Okay, but I also want to just say this as a side note, everything that does not have a good origin doesn't necessarily have a bad ending. Okay, everything that has a a good origin doesn't necessarily have a bad ending. Everything that has a bad origin doesn't necessarily have a bad ending either. You are a perfect example. You used to be a rascal. Your beginning was suspect. Your origin was... Oh, y'all so holy. Excuse me. I don't want to knock your halo off on a Sunday morning. Some of y'all were in the club at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning talking about bump, bump, bump. How do they know my song? Play that funky music, white boy. Some of y'all's origin. But look at you now. That's why the Bible actually says the end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. You didn't get to pick your mama and your daddy, but you get to pick who you hang out with. Oh, my mom and my dad, you're 55 years old. You need to forgive them, let that go, and start taking some responsibility for who you hang out with now. 
At our church, we call them life groups. It's where you go get built up. You can stop by the light wall after service. We'll introduce you to some wonderful people because the end of a thing is better than the beginning. So the reason I say that is I'm not here to argue the, the, the origin of Halloween. I could care less. There are things that start off very good that end very poor. Mardi Gras has its roots in some very valuable stuff. But if you go to Bourbon Street at Mardi Gras, it's probably not, you know. <laughs> the origin has very little sometimes to do with the end of a thing. So Halloween and the origin of it, I'm not here to discuss. But I am here to discuss the season that we're in right now. The season, seasons are like the forest. Okay? And I instantly had that Today's a funny morning for me. You guys are just going to pray for me. Because as soon as I heard forest, I pictured the lion on the Wizard of Oz. If I were king of the forest. (laughs) Y'all got to pray for me. (laughs) God bless you. See you Wednesday night. The season we're in is like the forest, okay? All the trees in the forest do not necessarily bear fruit that you should eat. Christmas is a season. There are trees in the season or the forest of Christmas that you should not be eating of. The Christmas party that you know is going to have nothing but things that you will regret when you wake up the next day. That's a tree that you should not eat from, even though the season of Christmas is not the season of Halloween. Does that make sense? They're different. So I'm not here to talk in finite terms, like like, like in one large fatal swoop, but I do want to talk about the trees that we eat from. The Bible says this in in the gospel according to Luke, uh, chapter 6, I believe verse 44. You'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. So that's a great Bible truth for each one of us because that lets us know that you don't have to go cut a tree down to see if it's any good or not. You can see what's hanging off of it. That means you can't use the excuse of, I'm born again, my heart's been renewed for you to be a jerk to everybody around you. The fruit on your tree is how we'll know what kind of tree you are. Yeah, but my heart is pure. Yeah, but you're mean. Do you see what I'm saying? So you know a tree by its fruit. So in the big picture, Halloween, you look at the season, the forest, and you have to choose wisely the fruit that you're going to consume. Number one, if you're going to stay in the peace of God, you have to choose wisely the fruit that you consume. Do you remember Adam and Eve in the garden? They made a choice about the fruit that they consumed and they paid the price for it and so has humanity for all, ever since that time because it was a choice what they consumed. Let me just give you a, a couple of examples. Um, when, when you are going through a season like this and let me just put it into context which which should clear some things up and i know this everybody that that likes halloween does halloween doesn't necessarily think this but there are some trees in halloween the forest of the season that we're in that are 100 percent bent towards scaring children 
Let me, let me just say that so that we all kind of just hear it with real clear ears. Matthew 13 says, them who have ears to hear, let them hear. Just listen to this. The fruit, the tree, is designed to scare children. You can't even say that and make it sound like it's a good idea unless you are calloused or conditioned by the rest of the trees around you. As soon as you say it in a context like this, in God's holy house, now all of a sudden the concept of making young people afraid, you instantly recognize, wait a minute, no, that's, that can't be right because God didn't give us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. So going through this forest or season of time that we're in, we have to make the conscious decision to consume the fruit that brings value and to not consume the fruit that does not bring value. Does that make sense? So for each one of us, uh, uh, we have to make the decision that we're not just, just because it's hanging on a tree doesn't mean we have to eat it. I need two amens at least. Just because it's hanging on doesn't mean we have to eat it. So what does that mean? Do we just stay in our house and pull our shades down and, uh, you know, get in our car and play Michael W. Smith as loud as possible and just drive? No, 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 no. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You don't have to fear it. Nothing's going to jump on you and stick on you. I'm talking about Adam and Eve plucked the fruit, ate the tree, and then it affected them. The tree that they walked by never hurt them a bit. They walk by that tree all the time. Tree of knowledge, good and evil. No problem, no problem, no problem. It was, it was when they stopped, pulled it off the tree and consumed it, then it actually became a problem. None of this stuff that goes up in the stores or, or the commercial, none of that stuff's going to stick or hurt you. You don't have to be all worried about it. No, we don't, live in our, we don't live in our homes like, oh, my goodness gracious, the devil's around any corner. I don't care if the devil's around any corner. He's underneath my feet. But we're going to be wise. Somebody say wise. Because there are certain battles that people fight that they don't have to fight. Let me give you an example. Does everybody remember King David? He killed a giant. What was the giant's name? That's right. He killed that giant. That was non-negotiable. He had to do that. But he also effectively committed adultery and had another lady's husband murdered or killed so that he could have uh, his wife, the guy's wife. He had some consequences for those actions. Let me say it differently. Fighting Goliath was non-negotiable, but he made some decisions that he had to deal with the consequences. You can make decisions in this season, and the consequences can be nightmares for the rest of the year. It can change. It can change your entire situation in your home because we're looking for peace. So we don't, we don't knowingly open the door and let a skunk in our house because you and I know you can run the skunk out, but there's still going to be some residue. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when it comes to Halloween, the forest or the season of Halloween, we're not just going to be pulling off of every tree and, and, and plucking fruit and, and whatnot. Matter, and I'm not telling you don't, don't do stuff. I'm not telling you don't go to parties. I'm not saying anything like that. What I am saying is you make the decision on what kind of fruit that you're going to consume because that fruit is going to have some residual effects. I'm not saying don't dress your kids up. My kids are going to be dressed up, I'm sure. 
One will be Abraham, one will be Isaac, one will be... One will be an angel, one will be a donkey, one will be a manger. I don't know how that'll work. I'm just kidding. But I can tell you what I'm not kidding about. They won't be werewolves, vampires, witches, and the like. The reason is, is because I'm not going and plucking fruit from a tree that I don't want to see that seed grow. Does that make sense? Walking by the tree doesn't hurt anything. Walking by the tree doesn't hurt a thing. But when you stop and begin to consume the fruit from that tree, now what's on the outside, see, can't hurt you, gets on the inside, and you'll deal with the results sometimes for years because of some fruit that you decided to consume. So number one, you got to choose wisely the fruit that you consume. Everybody say number two. This is very important. This is very important, and I feel like this is probably the primary place where Christians miss it in Halloween. Christians that, that love God miss it. Good people. Number two, you cannot judge other people based off of your convictions. If they're, if they're dressed up like whatever and doing whatever, don't you be wagging your finger at them. Oh, look at them just letting the devil in. Uh, 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 uh. The minute in the same chapter, Luke chapter 6, somewhere around verse 36, the Bible says, judge not or you'll be judged. We can't use our conviction to get up on a high horse. Look, down, The Bible says God hates haughty eyes looking down at others. I can't believe they're doing that. Look at that. Oh, look at them letting their kids do that. I can't. Oh, look at, look at, look. The, the moment you do that, the peace of God vanishes from your house. Because now you're, you can't be in judgment and be at peace. And the minute you start judging others, this is the moment that judgment comes on you. Did you know your Bible that says God so loved the world that he gave his only son also says, if you want to be measured by any part of the law, you will be measured by the entire law. That's terrifying. The reason that's important is because you always have the choice. Am I going to rely on grace, the blood of Jesus that sets me free? Or do I want to judge other people by the law? Because the instant you begin to judge other people with the same measure that you judge, that same measurement will come back to you. So we can't use, oh, Halloween is, you know, there's some really bad fruit in Halloween. And there is some really bad fruit that you don't want to mess with because you'll open a window you can't close. 100%. But on the flip side, that's not for you to determine for somebody else. That's for you to determine for yourself. This is how we weigh ourselves, not how we weigh others. This is how we, this is how we train ourselves, not how we train others. This is how we look in the mirror. This is how we look in the mirror and we begin to say, I'm going to worry about the log in my own eye, praise the Lord, before I start messing around with the speck or the dot in somebody else's eye. Give God a hand of praise if we're just not going to judge other people. You can't let your conviction morph into a judgmental attitude. James, in our Bible, is Jesus' brother. And James says this in chapter 4, I believe verse 17. 
James says, uh, uh, literally in your life and in my life, as we begin to go through things, when we know what we should do and we do not do it, to that person it is sin. In other words, if you know what's right or what is good and you don't do it, to you that's a sin. Let me, let me just put it in context. There's some stuff you used to feel very comfortable doing that you no longer feel comfortable doing because of what God has done in your life. So there was a time I didn't know, man. I just did what I did. You know, I talked how I wanted to talk. I walked how I wanted to talk. You know, I, I, I smoked it, drank it, whatever, whatever your story is. You know, but then God gets a hold of you, right? And now you start going, man, I, I'm, I'm different. Well, I believe I'm set free. I don't want to be that way anymore. I want, all of a sudden, you know what you should do, and for you to not do it, to you, that would be sin. But when somebody else has not had that revelatory experience, it is not our job to remove their opportunity for God to do a mighty work in their heart based off of our current experiences and convictions. Does this make sense? So for us, we can't use our convictions to judge somebody else. Exactly the opposite. Our convictions are set so that we can work out our own salvation with reverence, with fear and trembling of Almighty God that we don't find ourselves on some high horse wagging our finger, looking down our nose at somebody else. So number one, if you're going to live in peace, you got to make sure you're consuming the fruit that's going to bring good results. And number two, you cannot have the peace of God and judge others. Number three. Somebody say number three. three. Number three. This is very important, especially at Halloween season. The reason we're talking about this is because the exact same reason we talk about Christmas at Christmas, Easter at Easter, Valentine's at Valentine's, because the season we're in has a very significant effect on our life. God is not a fast food God. We all know if he was, he would be Chick-fil-A though. But he's not a fast food God. You don't order it at one window, drive up to the next window and, and have everything perfect and just drive. No, no, no. He's a God that we have to believe him. We have to trust him when we can't see him. So when we get into a season, we ought to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, recognize the season that we are in. When it's wintertime, you take a coat with you because you recognize the season. When Halloween comes and everybody's talking about fear and scare and every movie is this is a horror movie that gets released. All these, these are opportunities for us to either recognize I'm not pulling the fruit of that tree or we will pull the fruit of that tree and we will, eat, we will consume something that is not good for us moving forward and we will deal with the consequences indefinitely that we never had to deal with. Does this make sense? Number three, number three, you have to guard your eyes and ears and the eyes and ears you are responsible for. You have to guard your eyes and ears and the eyes and ears you are responsible for. I have three children, offspring, Haley Walker, Trinity. They are not your responsibility. You have children or grandchildren that are under your care, custody, and control. They are not my responsibility. It is not my job to set the standards in your home. 
It is not your job to set the standards in my home. But I'll talk about my home for a minute just because I know it. We do not allow our children to be scared. I don't think it's funny. I draw a very hard line when it comes to that. I don't think it's cute. If you jump up and you decide to scare one of my kids, you're going to find out how much flesh I have left. I mean that with all due respect, but I take my job very serious. I do not joke around about it. If somebody talks hard to my kid, it's not going to... I mean, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not having my children scared because God didn't give them a spirit of fear. So I believe you either make the tree good or make the tree evil and you know the tree by its fruit. I'm not going to have a bunch of fruit force-fed into them that I don't want fed into them. Does this make sense? I don't, I do not, I won't have my children scared if I can affect it. And God is not trying to scare your children. So when you go plucking the fruit from those trees that you don't have to consume, you open the door to different things. It's your job to guard your eyes and your ears and those that you're responsible for. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, Your eyes are the light of your body. A loose translation is that they are the window to your soul. What you let in is what gets in. And what you refuse to let in is what stays out. The book of Romans chapter 10, you may know this one. says, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. The devil is always doing counterfeit what God does, but he brings ill ramifications. Case in point, God says don't get drunk with alcohol. He doesn't say don't get drunk. He said be drunk in the Holy Spirit. So the devil tries to bring alcohol into your life in excess where you will be intoxicated to try to pacify all of your problems because when somebody gets intoxicated, generally speaking, they don't think about their problems temporarily. So God wants you to be intoxicated in the Holy Spirit for the same reason because now your problems are not as magnified as they were when you were not intoxicated or fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. So God doesn't say don't get drunk. He says don't get drunk with Bud Light. Or Michelob or whatever yours is. I don't care. Proper 12. It's Conor McGregor's new drink. I just see it on the computer. But it's a different thing when you begin to recognize, I'm just not letting any old thing in my life because what you have like the skunk, you open the window, the skunk gets in, you can run the skunk out, And what the skunk brought is still there. I'm not talking about demonic possession or anything like that. I'm talking about stuff that affects your life, though. You you don't just hear everything. You're going about your day. Everything's wonderful. And all of a sudden, the news says there's a hurricane in the Gulf. And all of a sudden, you just have a shiver go down your spine. Because you heard something, and it caused something. It caused a reaction on the inside. You don't have to go hearing everything. Don't take them camping and tell them ghost stories. Oh, that's just good fun. I don't think nightmares are fun. 
My oldest is 12. We've never had one nightmare in my home. I'm not saying that to impress you. I'm saying that to impress upon you that there are doors that you can open that you don't have to let everything in. You don't have to open the door uh, uh, for the enemy just because we're in the season of Halloween. You don't have to. You don't have, you'll, you'll deal with stuff for the rest of the year that snuck in just in this time of year. It's a, to, it's a total shift. The, the body of Christ, you decide to go all in with Jesus, you'll get some real good results. You stay half in, half out, you'll deal with the stuff in the world and you'll be going, well, I'm not any different. Well, that's because you're not living any different than the world. Well, how come, how come I'm not this and how come I'm not that? Well, I mean, are you all in or are you half in? Because if you go all in, you can, you can ask him to perform his word. But if you're half in, he, the Bible actually says, if you're lukewarm, Jesus will spit you out. <laughs> Yikes. So you guard your eyes and your ears and those that you're responsible for. I'm just going to give some examples, okay? I know this isn't a shouting sermon, but that's all right with me. Used to be, you could just say movies and TV shows, but now media is so different. Um, you know, YouTube videos. Um, if you're, you know, social media. Just, I mean, it doesn't take that long. And all of a sudden, you see something you can't unsee. How many of you ever had the devil thrown a memory back in your face after you have been living for God? You're like, God is so good. And then the devil will throw a memory back in your face. That's because he knows if he can get that image in through the, the window to your soul, it will be there. And now he, has some, now he has some content he can rummage up and throw it back in your face. Now, you got to be wise about it. When he does that, you say, that wasn't me. What do you mean? That wasn't you. I see you right there. No, no, you don't understand. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. But in the process... We don't want to just be letting these new images in, letting these new thoughts come in, which create faith, doubt, or fear. We want to make sure we're hearing things that bring faith and not things that bring fear and doubt into our life. So don't be just watching. Just because the movies come out and there's a new horror movie, Jason, you know, 17 or whatever's coming out right now, you don't have to do that. And just think about it. Do you enjoy sleeping scared? then stop eating the fruit of that ridiculous tree. This is the shift. Now, it's for you, it's for your children, but now when your kids go to school and stuff like that, we're not going to school in fear. When they're going to different places, we're not going in fear. You go to the grocery store, we're not scared of the witch, the little mannequin witch. We're not scared of anything, okay? Nothing. But we're not going and plucking from the tree that fruit and consuming it and letting what is outside get on the inside because we are guarding our eyes and our ears so that we can have a good result about what God's trying to do in our life. Does that make sense? Some of you, this may be a total mind shift. A total mind. Well, I thought it was just, just all in good fun. Generally speaking, it is all in good fun. But the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. He doesn't walk up and knock on your door with a pitchfork and a pointy tail and say, I'm Lucifer, I'm here to bring nightmares to your children. 
What he does is he says, just take them to the movie. It won't matter. And then they're burying their face in your arm. And it's borderline fun to hug them and squeeze them. But then a week later, they're coming into your bedroom saying, I hear something under my bed. There's nothing under our bed, but something got in their eyes and their ears that stimulated those thoughts. And now you're dealing with the remnant of the fruit that should have never got in that doggone house. It's a total shift. God didn't give us. A spirit of fear. The enemy tries to put fear on you because if fear can get on you, you will act different. A lifeguard goes to save somebody and the number one rule that they have is you got to make sure that drowning person who is acting in fear doesn't drown them. Now, nobody would ever go try to drown somebody, but when you're terrified, you'll act different than you act normally. So when you get scared, now all of a sudden, you're acting different. Now all of a sudden, things are different. So what are we doing? We're going through the season, the forest of Halloween, and we're saying, okay, candy corn, that's pretty good. Wax tastes like sugar. I'll eat some of that. Can't hurt me. But talking about witches and warlocks and goblins and ghosts, I'm leaving that tree alone. I'm not messing with it. The Bible actually says this. It says to abstain from the appearance of evil. Make the tree good or make the tree bad. Make the tree good or make the tree... Determine what it is. Don't go sitting just because it's Halloween and try to scare everybody under the sun and try to act like it's just, it's just good fun. It's, it's, scaring children is not good fun. It's not going to be good fun. It's not going to be good fun tomorrow. It's not going to be good fun next year. Jesus is not sitting in heaven going, I wish somebody would terrify my little lambs. I wish somebody would put on a a spook mask and terrify all these little children. Not even close. So the shift is in us, though. The shift is not to wag our finger at somebody else. I could give... I could give two foots what somebody else does, okay? Doesn't matter to me at all. But as for me and my house, my eyes, my ears, the eyes and ears that I'm responsible for, the fruit that they eat, it's going to be, listen, whatever so things are pure, whatever so things are holy, think on these things. You say, well, your kids have never had a nightmare. I didn't say they've never come and said, Daddy, I heard something. But let me tell you what we do at my house. Dad, I heard something in my closet. Really? Great. Which closet? This one? Great. Open it up. You see anything in there? I don't see anything in there. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus is right here and in that closet. If there's something in that closet, he's going to stomp on it. You go to sleep, baby. You're fine. I think I saw a shadow. Well, next time you think you saw that shadow, think about Jesus grabbing that shadow and throwing it onto the ground about 15 times. Is that really what you say? That is precisely what I said. Well, Dad, I think I heard something. Well, next time you think you hear something, sit up in your bed and say, I don't know what you are or if you're anything, but Jesus Christ gave me authority to tell anything or nothing to leave me alone. Get out of my house. They ever do it? Yeah, you should hear it. Me in there watching TV. Click, click, click. All of a sudden, I'll hear it. Jesus' name, get out of here. I'm like, that's right. Shonde Ronde, baby. Get him out of here. Why? Because I want him learning it now. 
in my house. Why? Because they're going to have their own house. And I need them to be able to tell their kids. Let me tell you what my mom and daddy taught me, baby. Grandma and grandpa. I hadn't picked our names yet. I'm thinking about having them call me awesome. (laughs) Call me awesome. Call Crystal grandmother. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Doth thou need something? But it's a total shift. Does this make sense? You don't just go, you don't, you, don't, you don't just go letting everything. Listen, you can't leave the windows to your house open and blame the bugs. You can't leave the door open. We came home one time. We came home one time to our house. And one of the kids, had, I, I may have been me, one of the doors was left open. We came in, and there was two goats on our bed. <laughs> Baseball and Jewel, that was our goats. And we said, what are y'all doing in here? Like, <laughs> they left us a trail of raisins all through the house. <laughs> you know what we didn't do? We didn't blame the goats. We left the door open. Come on. We're not mad at anybody. We love everybody. We're not shaking our fist at the world, saying the world is crazy. The world knows it's crazy. What we are doing is we're making some decisions like Joshua. As for me and my house, I'm not... Number one, I'm going to walk in the peace of God because I don't just go pluck the fruit off of every tree I see. Contrary to popular belief, restaurant menus do not make people fat. That is the choice. Those are the options. They actually typically have a healthy menu. It's like on the back and the bottom right corner. Just... You've never seen it because it's not close to the chicken fried steak. (laughs) Well, glory, I see that. Oh, boneless, skinless chicken breast. No salt. Raw carrot. Hashtag nope. You see, it's a choice. You see what I'm saying? It's a choice. You don't just go grabbing all the fruit off every tree. Number two, if you, want to, if you want the real peace of God, judgment's got to go. Don't you dare, excuse me for being so blunt, but don't you dare go tell everybody, Pastor Brian said for me to tell you this. No. No, no, no. I'm talking about you and me. That's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the decisions we make. We're not going to be judging others. Next week, on Wednesday, we're going to have this trunk retreat. It's going to be awesome. Make sure and register. I understand we're going to have a, a prize for the, the best trunk, which will be cool. But there's going to be kids dressed as devils and warlocks and werewolves, and we want them here. We're not going to, we're not going to wag our finger at them or their parents. What's wrong with you, parent? Why didn't you? Uh, I can't believe you let them do that. Whatever. No, we're going to love them and point them to Christ. That's what we're going to do. We can't be judging others. Number three, we have to make sure that we protect the eyes and ears. Our own, 
and those that we're responsible for. That doesn't mean you protect mine. You don't get to pick what movies I watch. Crystal does that. (laughs) I don't get to pick the movies you watch. I choose not to. Because your eyes and your ears are not my responsibility. They're your responsibility. And the eyes and ears of your offspring or grandchildren, whatever, whoever you're responsible for, they're your responsibility. Don't let, just because it's popular in society, pressure you into allowing something into your home that will leave residue that may take a significant amount of time to wash out if the stink ever goes away. Does that make sense? I'm going to give you the fourth point in just a second. But before I do, I want to pray with anybody who's far from God. Would you please close your eyes and bow your heads? If you're here and you're not right with God, you're not living right, you're not doing right, Jesus is not Lord of your life, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand because Jesus loves you so much that he died for you and rose from the dead that you might be free from sin and know that you could spend eternity with him in heaven and to live the abundant life here now. Maybe you're here and you've You say, I used to walk strong with God, but I'm backslidden. I'm like the prodigal son, and I need to come home today. This is the opportunity for you to get it right with God as well. So if you're here and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, or something happened, and I've turned away from him. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand. Nobody's looking around, and with an uplifted hand, you're saying, Jesus, remember me. And he really, really will. If that's you... When I count to three, lift your hand tall and bold. One, two, three, lift your hand. I see that 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 hand. Praise God. I see that hand. Praise God. I see that hand. Praise God. I see those two hands. Praise the Lord. I see that little hand. You're never too young, never too old. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, I want you to pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. Matter of fact, church, let's all pray this together. Everybody lift one hand now. Let's pray. Say this. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now. I turn from sin, and I turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. (laughs) Praise God. If you made that decision today, we celebrate that with you. Stop by the light wall after service. Find your way into a life group. I promise you it will bless your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, we have to guard our eyes and our ears and those that we're responsible for. Number four, this is the last point we're about to close. Number four, don't be afraid. Over 365 times in your Bible, or at least 365, it says don't be afraid. Fear not. Refusing to be afraid is a decision. Fear is not something that only comes on children. I am familiar with fear. I didn't tell this in the first service. But I am very familiar with fear. There are things that will startle you. There are things that are just naturally scary. 
generally in society, like a snake. Most people don't want to grab a snake. Some people do. Uh, I, I'm not scared of them, but it's not my, it's not my first thing to do. Just go. Well, actually, it kind of is. <laughs> but, but some people are, are, you know, scared of snakes. It's not unusual. Like a shark. Like a shark is not unusual to be scared of. But there's also the spirit of fear. I'm very familiar with this demon. I'm talking to somebody now. God's quickening this in my spirit for you today. You go to sleep at night and you can't understand it, but your fear comes on you. You get in your house and you walk in and everybody goes to sleep and everything's fine. And there's no reason for you to be afraid, yet you feel fear. I have been there more than once. More than once I've been there. A very significant part of my life, this same spirit would circle back to me. And what would happen is... The reason he wants to do that, or the reason it wants to do that, is because if you're thinking about being afraid, you're not thinking about the goodness of God in your life. So he knows he can't really do anything to you, but he'll try to convince you to do something to yourself. He'll try to convince you that everybody hates you, nobody likes you, you ought to go eat worms. But he'll come back, and I'll never forget the last time that he visited me. It was a few years ago now, and I was in my office because my parents, they taught me how to deal with the, with the things, uh, with spiritual things from a very young age. I was in college, and uh, I had a, 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 all I could say was a vision of sorts where I saw something very, 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 very evil. Uh, never understood why it happened until I asked the Lord. Years later, I said, why did that, how, why was I allowed to see that? He said, well, what changed? I said, well, I started reading my Bible a lot more consistent after I saw that. He said, well, that's because my word was strong enough to keep you alive until you were willing to give your whole life to me. Because God will use everything to work together for good for you. So I'm, the devil thought he was going to scare me. All it did was push me towards the word more. And now all of a sudden, the word sustained me until it was time that I gave my life fully over to God all my ambitions, desires, dreams, hopes, everything gave it all to Him so the enemy was trying to make me afraid and all he did was motivate me but in that same dorm I had a friend of mine and he wasn't really he may have been a Christian we never really talked about it but he said to me he said, Brian he said, something came out of my bathroom last night he said, I want to tell you something he said, it was so crazy he said, something came out of my bathroom last night He said, it was pitch black, but I could see it. It was dark in the room, but I could see it. He said, and it came and it jumped on me. He said, when it jumped on me, I couldn't move. I said, what'd you do? He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, I was terrified. He said, it it just held me by my shirt. Or I don't know, the shoulders just held him down, he said. He said, and and then the same way that 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 it came out, it just got off of him and walked back to the bathroom. The bathroom was off to the dorm. He said, am I crazy? I said, no, you're not crazy. I said, I've seen it. I said, it visited me. He said, you're crazy. I said, well, it was a very interesting situation, to say the least. You play with the devil, he'll show up. He really will. So, anyway, I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, I know how to deal with that. I said, he hadn't been back to my room. I said, I know exactly what to do with that. I said, would you like me to get that thing out of your room? He goes, could you do that for me? 
Now, this is two 18, 19-year-old college athlete boys, and he's telling me how terrified he was of something that came out of the back. You say, well, what was it doing there? Have you ever been in a college dorm? <laughs> it was a crazy train, okay? It was nuts. So I said, yeah. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I said, I'm going to go in there and throw it out. He said, how you grab it? I said, that's not what I'm talking about. I said, I'm going to throw it out with the word of God. He said, I don't think I've ever told this story. He said, he said, he said, really? I said, really? He said, I'm not going back in there. I said, you don't have to go in there. I said, it's scared of me. He said, how do you know? I said, well, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. He said, you don't act like it. I said, I know. It's a long time ago. I knew who I was in God, though. I went in there. I took a guitar. I had to borrow a guitar. And I sang uh, a song. Uh, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Sitting in pitch black in a chair in the middle of the room. Pitch black. My skin starts to crawl. Hosanna. I'm feeling everything around me. Hosanna. In the said you came in my room and you got thrown out you're not allowed to mess with my friends they may not know Jesus but you know I do you better find another place to be because this dorm room this entire dorm is now completely off limits in the name of Jesus Christ And the exact same way that I felt that evil come into the room, it shot out like a gun. I walked up, turned the light back on. I said, you can go back in there now. He said, you serious? I said, let me know if you see him again. Now, the reason I said that is because he is a liar and a dog. Not my friend, the demon. (laughs) Well, my friend, no. (laughs) The reason I say that is because the demons are liars. Their father, the devil, is a liar. So they'll lie to you. Oh, I'll never come back. They may come back. All you do is tell them to leave again. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's not like you're like, oh, I quit. No, we're not quitters. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I said all that to say, years of my life were spent. This, this thing would just circle back to me, okay? Circle back to me every time. I'd do the same thing. Get out of here. You know, all this. And so a few years ago, after we came here and started the church, I had a great office uh, in my house. Still do have a nice office, but I was, I was uh, walking into my office. Middle of the day, middle of the day, y'all. Sun shining, Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. Everything is just wonderful. And all of a sudden, I just felt a shiver come through me. And I thought, what in the world? Everything's wonderful. Grass is mowed. You know, every, just life is grand. I said, what, what, 
what, what do I have to be afraid of? What's going on here? And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, I know you. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't throw it out. I, I don't even remember. I, maybe I did. I don't remember exactly what I said, but all of a sudden, I just started laughing. And I said, if you think this is going to slow me down, you're dumber than I thought you were. You can be here, you cannot be here, but you know exactly what I'm going to do. My hands are going to be lifted, my head's going to be thrown back, my mouth's going to be open, and I'm going to magnify God with all that I have. I don't care if you're here, if you're not here, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, He gave me power, love, and a sound mind. You're under my feet, you rotten devil dog you don't have an opportunity to come in my family don't you touch one hair on their head don't you visit their dreams don't you talk to them at all you don't have a voice in my life I decree and I declare a new season stand to your feet if you would it's a shift it's a total shift Don't play with the devil. He's not trying to play with you. Don't go wigging out on everybody that's celebrating Halloween. If you want to dress up, dress up. But don't go messing with evil. Don't go grabbing all the fruit off the demon trees and trying to figure out why all of a sudden there's nightmares in your house. Lay your hands on your children. Tell the devil you can't never put your hand on these kids. Walk by their room at night. Talking about how you thank God that there's angels surrounding their bed, their mind, their dreams. You know why I love God so much? One of the reasons? You and me have to sleep. But He never sleeps and He never slumbers, the Bible says. He's looking over us while we go to sleep. I'm not sure we'll sleep in heaven. I don't know that our spirit sleeps. Your flesh has to sleep. But I don't know that our spirits, I thank God. The, one of the reasons he attacks dreams so much is because God will get in your dreams. That's why he wants to try to inhabit your dreams. Because he's trying to make sure that God can't speak to you in your dreams. I like to go to bed with a real clear conscience. I like to go to bed and say, God, I forgive everybody. Especially Jake. I forgive everybody. I hold no grudge. I totally love you and I totally love people. In Jesus' name, I'd love for you to speak to me tonight. Would you visit me in my dreams? Your Bible says that you'll come visit us in our dreams. Joseph was a dreamer. Lord, would you visit us, visit me tonight? I love, I love going to bed with a clear conscience. Not because I've always, you know, done the right thing. That I've never missed the mark. But because the blood of Jesus puts you in that place. And it changes everything. Somebody say amen to that. Number four, don't be afraid. Don't you be afraid when you feel fear. That's a feeling. Your feelings belong to you and work for you. That's what your mind's telling you, but you can change your mind. You can decide, I'm not going to live in fear, regardless of how I feel. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Here's your prescription. 
Anytime you feel fear, you crack open God's holy word, flip your fingers through its pages, or if you're like me, touch the screen, and you go to Per Psalms number 91. Per Psalms number 91. Throw that on the screen for us, please. Psalm 91. The scripture says, let me just read this over. As a matter of fact, everybody lift one hand. Just in a manner and a method to receive from God. It says this. He that dwells in the secret place, that's you. You're here on a Sunday morning. The secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely, somebody say surely. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. One translation says your shield and a wall around you. Verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destructions that waste at noonday. Listen to this. A thousand might fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near your house in Jesus' name. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked because you've made the Lord which is your refuge even the Most High. You've made Him your habitation. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come now your dwelling. <laughs> Do you remember Egypt? Oh, what's going on here? How come everything bad's happening to us and the Israelites are just living the dream? Praise the Lord. No plague will come near your dwelling. For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, including your children, everywhere they ever go. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the snake, the young lion, and the dragon shall you trample under your feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he's known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him, and I will show him him my salvation in Jesus name you don't have to be afraid of one little thing you are underneath the wings and the shadow of almighty God somebody say amen to that I'm going to ask one more question before we leave if you're here and you've never joined our church I want you to know this is the house for you you feel in your heart, you say, man, I want to connect with this place deeper. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in God's courts. We want you to flourish in life. There's not a 12-step program to join. We just simply want to give you the opportunity to make that declaration of faith. To say, I want to be a part of New Heights and love people and point them to Christ. If that's you and you're here, you say, man... I sense the presence of God when we worship. I sense the power of God when the word is ministered. And I want to make that declaration. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you speak into a microphone. But we are going to clap and just say that we love you. If that's you, you say, I want to join New Heights Church today. Maybe you've been coming for a while or today's your first day. And just know, if that's you, when I count to three, just lift your hand. Let us tell you we love you. One, two, three. Lift your hand real tall. God bless you right here. Way to go.
God bless you right here. Way to go. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Way to go. Glory to God. Anybody else? I want you to know the Bible says those that partner with a ministry like this, every grace that's on this house comes on your house. Every grace that's on this house comes on your house. So don't be surprised when the blessing of the Lord just begins to overtake you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all lift our hands to heaven. Father, for those who are joining the church today, I thank you that you bless them and they're coming in and they're going out. I thank you that you empower them. I thank you, Lord God, you didn't give them a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Now, for every person under the sound of my voice, I thank you, Lord God, for keeping us under your wings, in your shadow. I thank you, Lord God, that we're going to be wise in every season, and we know that you have your hand on us. In Jesus' mighty, holy name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info, and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.